it's my life and my choice. Okay, Charlotte, this isn't about me. This is your stuff. Admit it, you're being very judgmental. I'm dripping all over my bathroom and you're calling me judgmental. And if you have a problem quitting your job, maybe you should take it up with your husband. See, there it is, your husband. There's nothing wrong with having a husband. Charlotte, I'm hanging up. Don't you dare hang up. And stop saying Charlotte like that. I'm quitting my job to make my life better and do something worthwhile, like have a baby or cure AIDS. Oh, you're going to cure AIDS? Good for you, Charlotte. Just don't get too disappointed if all you wind up with is a pretty ceramic mug with Trey's name on it. (gasps) Take that back. I'm hanging up. Don't you dare hang up. I'm interviewing girls to replace me and I really need you to get behind my choice. You get behind your choice. I am behind my choice. I choose my choice. Hi, roomies. It's me, your beloved co-host, Bob, back with our last TV review of the year 2021. This will be a two-part breakdown of the HBO classic, Sex and the City. On this first episode, we discuss men, vaginas, blowjobs, and the F-word, feminism. So you might want to put on a pair of headphones for this one. Enjoy! What's up, bitches? Oh, God. That is not how we address our fan base. (laughs) This week, we are going to be discussing the legendary, the iconic, the... Monumental. The what? Monumental. (laughs) The monumental. I thought you said fundamental. I was like, also fundamental. (laughs) Um, Groundbreaking groundbreaking uh-huh. innovative mm, all those tech startup <laughs> words that they like to use <laughs> um hbo show <gasps> sex and the city <laughs> so, uh, the beginning is always difficult but yes this week boobs and i are going to be covering sex and the city which premiered in 1998 yeah the summer of 1998, yeah, mm-hmm. when I was gearing up for my first ever birthday, you know, <laughs> I was so young. I had no idea that this show was even a thing, obviously. And now here we are, two decades later, <laughs> just a couple of young, gorgeous women in the big city, <laughs> you know, living our sex and city lives, yeah. you know, experiencing what these women experienced. Oh, so boobs, you just finished the show. Uh, yeah. Do you have any like first thoughts? Like what jumped out at you? Hmm. Um, what jumped out was okay. Obviously, I. It's such a popular show, mm-hmm. and it's so important to pop culture that everyone knows about Sex and City. Um, yes, I hadn't watched it until literally this week for this episode, <laughs> so. Like I knew, I thought I knew enough about it. Mm. I kind of knew enough about it to form an opinion. But literally in the first episode, I was like, okay, I don't know shit about this. Because for some reason, like the show is literally called Sex and the City. And it was on HBO. 
and I knew those two things, but for some reason, I didn't think it would be as explicit as it was. Mm. I was thinking, oh, like you know, gossip girl, but make it seniors. Oh, that's, no, not seniors. Seniors. <laughs> they were the thirties, forty. So like, yes, that sounded wrong. I seniors. <laughs> right. No. Um. So yeah, I was thinking, oh, gossip girls, both. Yeah. So gossip girl for yeah, just older, like. 10, mm. 20 years older. Um, but then I was literally seeing boobs and everything. <laughs> you saw yourself in there? I saw myself in that. Wow. <laughs> I, Cameo? And then also, like, the language they used was, you know, very explicit and kind of vulgar, mm. which, I mean, obviously, I don't have any issue with that. I watch Game of Thrones. But I don't know why that took me by surprise. Well, I was just kind of a bit shocked seeing that. And then, because I had also just found out it was in made in ninety, it started it aired for the first time in nineteen ninety eight. Uh-huh. I thought it was just an early two thousand show, so mm. that also took me by surprise. I was like, "That's very interesting." So those are the two things that jumped out to me at first. Obviously, the rest of the show, like, there's a lot more to say, but yeah. then we're going to go into that. Like that was what stuck out to me at first. Fair enough. It's so it's so funny that you're shocked now, like in this big 2021. Right. <laughs> Can you imagine what the people in 1998 thought when the show premiered? Because there was no there was no show like it back then with mm-hmm. women talking about sex and their bodies and showing, you know, full frontal, <laughs> yeah. you know, uh, boobs, like you said, breastuses were flying about. <laughs> <laughs> the sex scenes were quite, you know, explicit. And so it was it must have been so like shocking for them because mm-hmm. like it's even now it's even like surprising for us but i love it and i think that it makes sense like you said the name is literally sex in the city so you know if you're going to talk about it talk about it like you have to show everything you have to be yeah you know, upfront about all these sex and relationship and love you know topics and i feel like they were very daring and that's why their show is remembered today and everyone loves it because they really took risks on that show. They didn't always, they didn't always hit the mark. No, no we're going to talk. There were some storylines that were like, oh, I don't know about this, but at least they tried. Yeah. And, you know, kudos, kudos to them for that. Uh, also, what made the show really fun was that they had four Main characters are four female protagonists: Carrie, uh, uh, Miranda, <laughs> uh, Charlotte, and Samantha. And that's always fun. I think I don't know what that is called. Is there a word for that? Where like Good. shows and movies deploy this sort of like I don't know categorization in their shows, so like the fans can always identify with. I think like how Game of Thrones has the houses and stuff and Harry Potter as well I think there's a media term for that but Mm. I don't know it I remember in my psych class when we were touching on personality types Mm. and my professor gave us an assignment to first of all to give us an assignment to check out our personality types and then of course the 16 personalities testing the mbti mm-hmm. and then he also you use friends as um because i think maybe that was the most like a like, friendly show to use but he used friends and each of the fr- of the characters in friends as and made us like 
not not identify with it, but the assignment was to like categorize different personalities in that because uh, there were mm. supposed to be six di- distinct characters. So yeah, shows definitely do that. They did it here. This one is probably the the most famous example because where like what other okay apart from like Harry Potter where people yeah. like oh I'm a Gryffindor or I'm a Ravenclaw, mm. people also say stuff like I'm a Harry, I'm a Miranda, I'm a this or yeah. that. So there is one of the most famous examples of that where people mm-hmm. so strongly identify with a character or yeah. a house or something. Mm-hmm. So and that like, I'm sure. Yeah, but I don't know what it is. Uh, we really need to do more, you know, reading. <laughs> right. <laughs> so that we don't just come here and start talking. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but yes. Um, yeah, I love how they did that because um, each character then represents a personality and, you know, mm-hmm. everyone loves grouping themselves according to a personality or a house or a star sign. So yeah. obviously people are going to, you know, latch onto that. And that's what I feel like has helped the legacy really, you know, thrive yeah Yeah. um and so in honor of that in honor of the four women of sex in the city we're going to start the episode by taking a personality test (laughs) so um boobs and i will go on to buzzfeed i think yes Yes. we have we have two tests The first test, you know, is the definitive, which character are you? And then mm-hmm. the second test is the, you're a combination of a couple of characters. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're going to take the two tests um, and see what our results are. And then we'll come back and tell you guys. And I don't know, that might, I might change how I feel about some characters. <laughs> after yeah. <laughs> Before we take it, should we predict okay. who, who you think... Predict who you think you're going to be uh, most like. Okay. I think I might be... I think the test will tell me I'm a Miranda. I feel like... Mm-hmm. I feel like a Miranda. Yeah. I and then that. the... Com- yeah. <laughs> no. <laughs> and then the combination <laughs> might be... I'm hoping... I don't know. Combination Miranda and... Charlotte, maybe? I don't yeah. know. Mm. Okay, what what do you think? I think I might get Charlotte. Ah, yes. Okay. Are, are you saying yes because you see his oh what? <laughs> um, I like Charlotte, so okay. You as a Charlotte, I can kind of see it, but then I think you're more cynical maybe. You're a bit too cynical to be just Charlotte. So Yeah, Charlotte definitely. Because... I less identify, I, I said that already, I less identify mm. with one, I'm more, like, I see myself, or mm. identify with different things in each of them. Exactly. Because, yeah. like, I don't think I'm as, I don't know, is rambunctious the word I'm looking for? I don't think I'm, I'm as rambunctious as in Samantha, so I can't yeah. say that. And I don't think I, there's so many things about Carrie that I just don't identify with, but I also <laughs> identify with other things. So, like, I don't think I'm a Carrie either. Um... Miranda, I don't really like. She's still put together, <laughs> and I'm just not that put together. Um, and I don't really see myself in Charlotte either. But okay, yeah. Oh yeah, but if you had to, so the combination, what combination would you be then? Would it combination. Be Carrie. <laughs> and. Sh- 
intro. <laughs> it's okay. I mean, someone has to be the carry of the group, you know. <laughs> we need somebody. I'm actually saying that so that if I don't get it, I'm like, oh, don't yeah. oh, Okay, yeah. If I don't yeah. say carry and then I get carry, it's like I was, it would be like I was avoiding it. So, yeah. okay. I think Miranda probably will be somewhere in the mix for me. And I'd like mm-hmm. to think Samantha, but I don't know. I didn't want to say Samantha, so everyone's like, oh, yeah. you think you're a Samantha? Because <laughs> people really like to guard her character. Like, no one yeah. can be a Samantha unless you're out here, like, oh, fucking, fucking. the main bad bitch. <laughs> exactly. Like, I actually also think Samantha might show up, but I don't, don't like Samantha that much. Like, I don't hate her. Okay. But I don't, because I think she's maybe the most liked. Mm, yeah. She's, she's so, one of the most liked, yeah. Yeah, she's not so like I don't love her the way people seem to love her, but I don't yeah. I don't hate her either. Okay, yeah, but every every one of us has a little bit of Samantha. I mean, I would hope. Yeah, everyone does. Fun. So. Yeah, that's that's probably why she's the most liked. Exactly. So Even if it's just something like very deep down that you don't want to admit, like you're sometimes you're a Samantha, or you yeah. want to be. Mm-hmm. Okay, let's stop stalling and take the test. And we're back. Well, <laughs> boobs, would you like to share? Apparently, I don't know who I am as a person. Uh, boobs, would you like to share? <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm, I'm good. Just give me five. Are more you taking minutes. another one? Yeah, the uh, other 2021 one. Oh my god. Okay. Sorry. Boobs is not happy with her results. She has found a third <laughs> BuzzFeed <laughs> quiz to take. Just accept it, whatever it is. It's not like it's even bad. It's just like it's interesting. Do you want to go first? Mm-hmm. Okay. So apparently <laughs> I'm mm-hmm. it, it the first one says I'm a Samantha. Um mm. I actually took it three times. Oh, I got someone because you know how sometimes there are certain questions where you have two answers you want to take. So I mm. did that again and I changed a couple of answers with ones where I wasn't too sure. So yeah, yeah. I got Amanda and then I took it the second time and I got Miranda. Then I just mm. went back to the original, which was Samantha. And okay. then do you want to do yours or do I go to the second one? The first one? Yeah, I got Samantha as well. So that's interesting. I don't know. Wow, we're both Samantha. <laughs> I didn't know skewed. <laughs> oh my gosh. Even the third one, you know, I took I, I took some time now to take yeah. a different, the third one. I also yeah. got Samantha. Wow. Um, okay, so yeah, so your first one you got Samantha. I mm. also got Samantha. Um, but it kind of makes sense, I guess, from what I know. Like we were talking about the sixteen personalities, and my thingy is ENFP, which is like mm. extroverted, intuitive, yeah. whatever. So, which is kind of on the Samantha like spectrum. Yeah. So I think it's that's like actually... yours is ENFP. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. mine is INFP. So yeah, so then how come we're both Samanthas? <laughs> wow. Yeah, exactly. I don't know. BuzzFeed. Hmm. Maybe Samantha's the default like answer. I don't know. You know? Because they know mm-hmm. everyone loves Samantha, so they're like, um, oh, let's be safe. No, they make everybody happy. Maybe. Mm-hmm. So what about the combination one? For the combination, I got Samantha and Carrie. 
I knew you were Carrie. I fucking knew it. I knew there was Carrie in there. You were trying to deny it. But I was like, this bitch is a Carrie. <laughs> you are boobs. Just admit it. But I, mean, I did say I suspected I may get Carrie somewhere. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Well, I am the drama. I am the problem. <laughs> exactly. Oh. Maybe you are. Um, hmm. Okay. Um, I got for the combination. I got Samantha and Miranda, which is what I thought. I thought there Ooh. might be some Charlotte in there, but to be Me honest, not a yeah, Charlotte insights. Mm. Because the thing about these tests, and like I think we'll when we talk about the characters, like we're we're gonna do a deep dive, right? But then mm-hmm. these tests take like the shallow sort of overview mm-hmm. of who these people are and what they represent, yeah. sort of thing. It's literally BuzzFeed. So there you have it, listeners. Um, <laughs> uh, we are both Samanthas. Um, I am a Samantha with a dash of Miranda. <laughs> and Boobs is a Samantha with some Carrie. <laughs> so, so, you know, if that gives you insight to who we are, don't you feel closer to us now that you know? Well, I'm going to embrace the inner, the Carrie in me. Yeah, I can see because I don't I don't like Carrie, but then yeah. that doesn't mean I don't like you. You know, like don't worry, <laughs> we will do. I mean, I don't hate her actually. Um, I think mm-hmm. she has some redeeming qualities, but most of her life is just trash. Um, yes. <laughs> as we yes. will go into, so yes, um, we found out who which of the characters we are, but let's you know just talk about them in general. And, you know, who they are and what we like about them and their storylines and everything. Because I think they're all incredibly interesting and they all serve a distinct purpose. Mm-hmm. So I've heard some people um, refer to the friends as, you know, Miranda, Samantha and Charlotte as Carrie's friends. Because um, mm-hmm. Carrie's are like main main character, and yeah. they say that um, there's actually a theory that they aren't real and they're just a part of Carrie's, you know, Who is the- like self. <laughs> right? It's so deep. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. Um. So they, b- based on that theory, it's you know Carrie's our protagonist, and then um, Miranda's the brains, uh, Charlotte's mm-hmm. the heart, mm-hmm. and then Samantha is the vagina, essentially, like the libido. <laughs> she's the sex drive type thing um you can also say that if you want to use like psychology terms you could refer to samantha as like the id sort of the sexual drive and Uh then miranda would be the ego who's like the rational one and the mediator kind of in the middle and charlotte is the super ego because she's all about you know tradition and what's right and what's moral and all that fun stuff it, it's a bit simplistic to say that each person just represents one thing. Yeah. So to speak, yeah. They felt like properly fleshed out characters and that was something the show did well because they didn't feel like just either stereotypes or caricatures of whatever personality type they were trying to represent. Mm, yeah. And so I feel like one of the characters that had the most growth was Charlotte. Um, and, you know, the first time I saw, because I've seen the show 
twice now, all six seasons. And the first yeah. time I saw it, I didn't really think about Charlotte, I guess. Like, she was just kind mm-hmm. of there. <laughs> but um, on watching it, because I think it's easy to get distracted by, you know, the obviously, like, super rambunctious, as you said, characters like Samantha, who's, like, yeah. so entertaining and so funny and all this stuff. But then on watching it the show the second time i actually really liked charlotte's character and i really enjoyed her and i think she's great and she's one of the underrated most underrated characters i feel like okay um yeah i liked how she started off as um a more because she was more like not necessarily shallow but she was Definitely the most traditional of the group, you know, mm. wanting and focusing on, on stuff like social prestige or um, the financial situation of whichever man she wanted to date. And then by the end of it, she was looking past stuff like that and going for, I mean, not, yeah, and going for someone who would satisfy like her deeper emotional needs um mm-hmm. like she had a conventional upbringing i think she was like from connecticut or something and yeah. she was rich rich yeah honestly she didn't even really need to focus on a man's financial upbringing because she has money for both of them but obviously mm-hmm. i know why she would want to go for someone in her same like i guess class mm. um and yeah, but even from the beginning, she always kind of placed more emphasis on emotional love as opposed to lust, you know, where the other characters, or at least like Samantha, would be more or less into like traditional relationships. Mm-hmm. Charlotte was probably the one that was most for like traditional relationships. And Yeah, yeah, definitely. I think... Um... Her character was kind of, you know, the classic beauty and also classic American family mm-hmm. values. That was her whole vibe, which is not something I am into. Um, I'm not really a traditional person. Me too. Um, which is why, I don't know, I felt weird even saying that I might be a combination of Charlotte and Miranda at that point earlier. Yeah. But there are other things about her character that I absolutely love. But yeah, she's definitely the traditional one. But even with that, see, the first time I watched the show, I was like, okay, Charlotte, she's traditional. She's like pretty girl next door, whatever. I kind of, I get it. Maybe not girl next door. She's like girl in like the mansion next door more of, but like the rich girl in school type thing. Yeah. Um, But then the second time I watched it, I actually noticed a lot of stuff that she's not even tr- that traditional. Like mm-hmm. she does so many daring and interesting things on the show that some of the other women won't even do and like she Mm -hmm. actually talks about a lot of her sex life and romance and stuff she she just has her own way of talking about it you know it's very hush hush and she doesn't use the vulgar words that samantha would use and Mm -hmm. it's kind of like that um you know how apparently the most sexually uh ambitious i don't know sexually adventurous people Uh usually end up being like people who are very conservative or religious they just obviously wouldn't boast about it it's like the whole um lady in the streets freak freak in the sheets thing where they're they're just more private about it they're more um reserved but then when it gets when it's time to do stuff 
you yeah. know, they are going to be as wild as wilder even than people who are very vocal about their sexual prowess or anything. I think part of the reason why they made Charlotte so kind of a little conservative but um stiff upper lip kind of is was for comedic value as well because then yeah. they could play her off samantha and be like mm-hmm. isn't samantha so shocking because like charlotte is you know like oh samantha mm-hmm. sort of thing um and i remember they had a fight about that what was that episode where they i think samantha was talking about a guy she was with and having sex in her samantha way and charlotte was upset because she was married to trey at this point and they weren't having any sex and so she was sexually frustrated and she and samantha (laughs) got into an argument yeah it was when they were at the their lunch table Mm -hmm. and um Charlotte said something like, Samantha, stop, you sound like a, and then Samantha was like, like a what? <laughs> and like, basically, you know, Charlotte was like about to call her a whore type of thing. And yeah. so that was like, that was an interesting dynamic. But then you have later in that episode, it ends with Charlotte and Trey finally having sex. And we'll talk about their marriage later. And who does she call? She calls Samantha. And she's like, oh, Samantha. <laughs> Trey and I just had sex. Da, 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 da. And obviously Samantha's like, oh, did you come? And she's like, oh, yeah. Samantha. <laughs> and I just think Charlotte is adorable. Like, I love yeah. her so much now. She's the cutest. And she she's definitely a part of the group when it comes to talking about men and sex and love. She's fully involved in the conversations. It's just that she doesn't always. Yeah, she's not a prude. She's yeah, just she's more not. reserved. Yeah, she's just more reserved and she just thinks that oh some things, you know, should be talked about in hushed tones kind of. You know. Yeah. <laughs> you don't just say everything loudly. <laughs> but she gets up to a lot of stuff. I actually made a list, right? So there was the rabbit episode with the, yeah. the vibrator where mm-hmm. she was addicted to it and they, they <laughs> <laughs> Carrie and Miranda literally had to come over to her apartment and drag it from her hands because this could not stop. <laughs> Um, then she also had a threesome sort of well she tried to but then it wasn't really working out and so she dipped um but i don't i don't think carrie would have a threesome so like oh no yeah so she's definitely maybe she's not on samantha because samantha's had multiple threesomes you know she's not on that level but she might actually when it comes to like being sexually adventurous i think it's samantha and charlotte actually Mm -hmm. based on what we saw on the show I don't see Carrie as particularly adventurous with no. those of things. Um, Miranda definitely isn't. Mm-hmm. So it definitely it would be Samantha and Charlotte. Too. Yeah, and yeah. Carrie's Carrie's the one who's a freaking sex columnist. Right. You would think <laughs> you would even if it's just to experiment. Mm-hmm. But no. Carrie was very not. Like she was supposed to be this progressive actually when we get to her. But yeah. <laughs> yeah. She was not as progressive as she thought she was. Exactly. I feel like she would use some her friends like Samantha and Charlotte and just like mine off of a lot of their experiences when it came to sex specifically. Yeah. Relationship mm-hmm. stuff, she had her own relationship drama more than enough to, you know, <laughs> to pull from. But when mm-hmm. it came to sex stuff, it was definitely she used Samantha as like her not like a lab like case study yes would be the word yeah um so yeah back to my list so um charlotte there was the rabbit episode then the threesome she almost had but not quite then the cunt painting of when she met the artist guy who painted her vagina um 
that was actually surprising. I didn't think she was going to pose for that because that is actually quite intimate <laughs> thing. Um, but, you know, anything for the art. But also, like, why would you want a picture of that or a painting of that? I mean, it's pretty, though. <laughs> okay. Do you not? Are you one of those women who thinks vaginas are ugly? I don't think they're ugly, but like, do you think your asshole is is? <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's not the same. <laughs> it's like it's just it's a crevice. It's a hole in the body. Oh God! Like, I don't crevice. you know, just like your ears. Like no. I wouldn't look at your ear hole and be like, oh, that's pretty. Actually, some people asshole. think ears are pretty. Oh. <laughs> Not the ear itself, but like the the, I mean, but a vagina is more than just the whole. Like, is it like is it just skin and then whole? Like, it's in terms of looks, I don't think it's ugly. I just think it's a part of the body. That okay, yeah, Fair. like that's where, yeah. I'm not like oh, it's hideous. Hide it, never see it again. I'm just like, I, it's a part of the body, I guess. Like to wow. me, it's not, not like the exact same as an asshole, but like they're literally in the same. It's space. not, yeah, but but they're not <laughs> just because they're in the same, you know, location doesn't mean <laughs> they're the same. Um, no, I think I think vaginas are pretty, and uh, like any parts of the body, like your eyes. People talk about your eyes being pretty or lips being yeah. pretty. Vaginas are literally the lips of your under area. So then, how come <laughs> your your face lips are pretty? But then you compared those other lips to assholes. Okay, but make if it make the vagina sense. is the if the vagina the vaginas are the lips. Oh, the, the vagina is the lips of the of that region. Yeah. What is the asshole? <laughs> it's is it like the nose? <laughs> I was actually thinking that. Um, <laughs> but no, it's not even. I don't know. The asshole is one of a kind. There's no other part. <laughs> Honestly, I think the asshole looks nicer than the vagina. <gasps> no, just me. But like, there's nothing to even look at. Like, it's it's literally just a hole. That's why they didn't even come up with some elaborate name for it. They were just like ass and hole, <laughs> asshole. Like, it's not. Uh, well, I guess I don't know. Oh gosh, vaginas have been compared to you know flowers and things. You know, like in imagery. Yeah, the rose petal. Yeah, yeah, the, the petals. I'm also a flower person, so sorry. Oh well, so you don't think flowers are pretty? You think they look I like apples? I think apple? they're pretty. I mean, I like sunflowers. I think the sunflowers are like my favorite flowers. Yeah, the those vagina are nice. looks nothing like it. No, obviously more like a more like a rose. Why would this <laughs> 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 vagina? Like if the vagina is like a sunflower, then I'm sorry, there's something wrong. <laughs> Go see um, a gynecologist. Go to yeah, the yes. sex clinic. Promptly, God no, no, but like you know, like a rose and stuff. It's you know the flowers and uh, you know the petals are like the labia mm-hmm. and the vulva and all that stuff. I don't. I think. Yeah. I think but you know, be nice people have because not all vaginas look the same. So oh, yes. not everyone's vagina actually looks like that. Like no, there's certain um, labia. What? No, like <laughs> there's some that actually because I've seen images and mm. you where, see. Oh, okay. I mean, yeah, I've taken several biology classes. I've seen so many vaginas. <laughs> uh, anyway, <okay. laughs> but but yeah, I've seen images where you know it looks the shape and you know the whole, I guess, mm-hmm. the layers would look would resemble a um a rose petal or a rose or something. Mm-hmm. But then I've seen others like they don't even have that same shaping. You just like 
not the same. So but I don't know. Too different. I mean, I don't know what vaginas you're looking. I don't know what they're giving you in bio- biology class, quote unquote, <laughs> that you're looking at. Um, yeah. So it's like, even but like the standard that, vagina sort of hmm. image of if you had to draw one for bio, the one you would draw, it kind of it has that sort of imagery. Yeah, and it it, can't it does. Yeah, um, and that's pretty. So. Ugh. I don't think it's pretty, but you know, terrible people. I see what people are saying, and they are allowed to think that. But yeah, anyways, um, I think I think vaginas are nice looking, and I feel like we need more vagina awareness in general. So <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm very much pro images of vaginas being yeah. <laughs> like shared in the right context, obviously, mm-hmm. because I feel like penises are everywhere and people like people just draw penises in the classroom on the chalkboard. Like it's nothing, <laughs> but then vaginas like, Oh no, we're not allowed to see that. <laughs> Speaking of body parts that aren't pretty, I don't think penises are particularly pretty either. Do you? Yeah, they're not <laughs> ugly, but like, they're not gorgeous. I no, I don't. <laughs> I don't think they're they're gorgeous, but they don't really do much. Like it's they're quite boring. Like it's just like a banana or something. You know, it's like those. That's what mm-hmm. they're compared to. It's just like yeah, long and cylindrical. There isn't really much going on. There isn't much versatility with the penis. Whereas with the vagina, mm-hmm. literally anything. <laughs> you know, it could look any sort of way. You can't predict the shape exactly. It's like you know, so the vagina. In terms of imagery, you know, that's not my thing. I don't like, okay. we've had, we've, we literally just talked about that. But like, in terms of function, I respect the vagina. Oh, yeah, obviously. The penis is like, it has one use. Okay, two, you know, peeing and then sperm. But like, oh, yeah. after that, it's useless. Mm. It's not particularly pretty. We should hide it more. <laughs> I was wondering where you were going with that. <laughs> we should hide it. <laughs> so yeah. Okay. Oh my gosh. You know this. This is about sex in the city where, where we need to talk a lot. Yeah. About sex. So we just spent like ten minutes talking about vaginas and penises, but okay. Um, what else did Charlotte do? This is actually about Charlotte. We just completely digressed. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> she would appreciate this conversation, actually. Yeah, I think I think so. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, she also dated a 26-year-old in the Hamptons that one time, which was interesting. How old was she then? She was probably in her mid-30s, so like a 10-year age gap. But she... Yeah. You know, she dated... And he gave her crabs, which was like, ugh. Talking, again, penises. See, always just introducing problems into <laughs> just fucking up your pH balance, giving you STIs. Giving <laughs> you babies. Right, just messing up your whole life. Um, <laughs> I also like that she was. Oh, she was kind of. She was smart. She graduated. Um, oh, wait, she was a straight A student while she was in college. She was in yeah. a sorority, which I mean, yeah, that's that stereotype is true or is fits. You know, mm-hmm. growing up like she did. Um, yeah. Ooh, and the last thing she did that was really great is um that episode when they were talking about um eating ute. Speaking of assholes, um, <laughs> they were talking about um backdoor dining. 
the backdoor dining yeah. experience mm-hmm. and um, because Miranda hooked up with the dude who was into that and so she was she brought it to the table for the girls mm-hmm. to discuss and um Samantha was like oh yeah da, 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 you know Samantha and then Charlotte said that yeah the Trey has done that to her before and everyone's like oh really oh wow like you let him do that that's great and then they kept talking and I don't remember who I think Samantha said oh but I would never do it back to them and then mm-hmm. Charlotte went you wouldn't and like that was <laughs> that was a way of being like she does and i was like yes charlotte like she's yeah. actually out there like when it comes mm-hmm. to sex at least she is fully prepared to you know experience new experiences and i love that for her yeah she adventures in so many so many ways yes and in fact she doesn't get enough credit um <laughs> that conversation reminded me of a conversation that a bunch of us had i think it was just two or okay. and I, I'm not going to say names, obviously. Of course not. We would never. I can mouth it for you because you know. Okay. Or type it. Oh yeah, yeah. Then, um, I mean, only was one was one person also because we're talking about like this was just I don't know why we're talking about this, but we were talking about um stuff and like what we would mm-hmm. do with future partners or what or whatever, and then. Someone. Oh yes. <laughs> oh yes. yeah. Okay. This. So, yeah. <laughs> um, we were talking about blowjobs. I think, I think we just found out what those were. I don't. I don't think I knew he blowjob wasn't just one. Oh I no! I don't. I knew. I knew it was then because of something that happened. Um. Okay. Yeah. No, with me. Yeah. I don't think I knew what a blowjob was. Okay, let's for the for our international listeners. Uh, just one would be how old? Like eleven. Just one eleven, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, that's is seven. Just one is seventh grade. Just two is eighth grade. Yeah, so like middle school. Yeah, eleven, twelve years old. Right yeah. before high school. So we were twelve yeah. slash thirteen, talking about this, and then um, yeah, talking so about talking what? About, yeah, so we just found out what blowjobs were. Oh yes, yes, and yes, yes like yes. oh yeah, we would never do this because obviously when you hear about when you find out what it was at that age, that just yes. sounds like, it doesn't sound fun. Yeah. Also, at that age, like yeah, not fun for us at least because whoever is receiving it, it would be fun. So like oh yeah, we would never do that. And then she said, yeah. oh yeah, I would. I'd be down to do that. And I was like, what? <laughs> She's like, oh why not? If my husband wants me to do that, I'm like, oh. Uh. Yes, okay. girl. <laughs> Great for her, you know. So I mean, during that conversation that they were having, where Charlotte mm. said that, it just reminded me of that. I was like, okay, yeah. It's funny. These conversations are always so funny when someone is, you know, everyone is like, oh, no, I wouldn't do this. It's too crass for me. Mm. And then I have someone like, oh, why not? <laughs> and do it. I love it. And I also love when the person is like so oblivious to why yeah. it would even be taboo. They're just like, yeah, that, yeah, I do that. Yeah, like that's my favorite thing because it's just like, mm-hmm. yeah, this makes sense to me. I'm like, girl, <laughs> I love that. Yeah, uh, I don't even know. <laughs> We've just gone on this uh, blowjob tangent, but yes. So Charlotte, <laughs> Charlotte was very adventurous. And what else do I like about her? Oh, yeah, I also think that she had, um, kind of she had the most growth of all the women on that show. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, she's the one who actually probably... I don't think Carrie changed at all, um, which is one of the things I, I hate about her character. She didn't. 
no growth whatsoever. I think Samantha also changed a little bit um, because she was so open to new experiences, you know, that she was even willing to try monogamy, you know, God forbid, <laughs> which to her was like one of the wilder things that she could have done. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Miranda, some... I think Miranda had some growth as well, but definitely yeah. Charlotte was the was like the most because yeah. like she started out having this very narrow view of what marriage is and how to be married and how to be a wife and everything she wants her husband to look like and be like and and then her first marriage, you know, made her realize that a lot of that crap doesn't even matter. Is it Miranda <laughs> or Charlotte? Charlotte. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Yeah, um, so she got married to Trey, and that was a very that was a very difficult marriage to <laughs> Mr. Alrighty. <laughs> Alrighty then. <laughs> um, which she kind of proposed to herself. The whole thing was the whole thing was so funny and sad. It's doomed um, from the start. Yeah, it was just bad vibes. I mean, from the time you have to manipulate him into marrying like it's kind of a sign that maybe you shouldn't be marrying one. Him. Yeah. Yeah. But um, there's a line in the show where Carrie says um, Charlotte treated marriage like a sorority she was dying to pledge. She definitely saw marriage as something on her list of life goals that she mm-hmm. like just something on the box of her life that she, on the Jesus on the list of her life that she needed <laughs> to check. I do not speak English. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and that's why she was so determined to get married. I almost wrote down that she was desperate to get married because I realized on the show, they always use that phrasing. They're always like, oh, these women are desperate to get married. And I think that's actually very terrible. Mm-hmm. That's a terrible way to phrase it. Like, not Some people are desperate and they will choose anyone, but Charlotte wasn't desperate. She was just very determined. I was going to say, like, it's one of the things the show got right and wrong. Mm-hmm. Like, it got it wrong in how they would, portray or try to say you know they are desperate even though but then they were showing these women who were just like in their 30s slash 40s and then Mm -hmm. living life and not really needing to be married or in a relationship but then go ahead and say oh yeah they're desperate to get married it's yeah yeah and i feel like um Charlotte definitely had her moments of desperation where she would freak out. But most of the time, I feel like she just really wanted to get married. Like she knew that marriage was something that she wanted to do. And so she actively pursued that. Mm-hmm. And I think the the framing of it as desperate is really condescending and irritating because we don't talk about men that way. No one says, oh, a man who wants yeah. to get married and is looking for a wife is desperate yeah. to get married. Exactly. exactly. He's just searching. He's just a bachelor and he's looking for someone to settle down with and and spread his seed or whatever the fuck. Even sowing his oats, like, they rarely mm-hmm. use that for women. It's like, oh yeah, I'm just, his single phase is him um, sowing his oats. Whereas mm-hmm. if a woman was in her single phase, it's, oh, she's, she's so lonely. She, she's, Find, trying to find a man to, mm. to fill that hole, that empty hole in her heart or something. It's like, I mean, she's just vibing, really. <laughs> exactly. And especially the older she gets. And that's why, again, Sex and City was so great because these were women in their 30s. So we know how ageist and youth-obsessed our society is. We love to toss women, people in general, but women specifically to the side when they're no longer young, hot, and attractive. Mm-hmm when they can no longer play teenagers in in a 
movie or TV show, then it's like, oh, well, you've passed your prime. This was such a hot issue when the show came out um, back in the 90s and now it's 2021 and morons like Kevin Samuels and, and them boys are still out here saying, oh, when a woman's past 26, then she's past her prime. I'm like, 26? <laughs> like, how is 26 like, past? Oh well. like, what? That's unfortunate. <laughs> it's the most stupid shit ever. They're like, oh, yeah. Once you're past 26, then uh, you're just like expired milk or something. Like, don't even bother trying to find a man. And, yeah. and it's just, it's so misogynistic and it's so, it's so dumb. Like, it doesn't make sense. Not that I don't want to go off another, another cha- tangent. No, dude. Like that whole, oh, if you're in your 20s, mid 20s, like 26. Like, how. Well, why is that? Even biologically and like scientifically, you know, mm-hmm. they say when you get to like your thirties, because as a woman, when you're born with um, eggs, you're born with a certain number of eggs. So you know, unlike men, you're not going to uh, reproduce sperm every so often. Yeah, whatever you're born with is what you're born with, and then that's as you, you know, when you bleed in your period, the as you bleed in your period, your eggs go. So like by the time you yeah. get to thirty or something the best of your eggs are supposedly gone. But like, even at that, like people still get pregnant in their 30s, in their 40s. And it's like, if you're boiling down the functionality or the the sole purpose of being a woman to, oh, you can only give birth for some, some amount of time. Yeah. I mean, that in itself, obviously, there's, some, there's something wrong with that because, like, that's not what makes a woman a woman. How? Because uh-huh. not even, there's so many problems with that in itself. But the fact that, like, being in your mid 20s is like, oh, you've passed your prime and, you know, you might as well just go out, out back and get, you know, shot like a horse or something. Uh-huh. It's, <laughs> it's so silly and ridiculous. And it's so gross. And it's just a way to, another way to control women by. Mm-hmm fear-mongering and making them yeah. you know, panic and then settle down with any Tom, Dick, and Harry that they meet. <laughs> and it's like, no, let women live their full lives and you are not any less beautiful when you're 27 or 35. Like, like look at the women mm-hmm. on, the, on this show. They all look amazing. Yeah. Like, at the beginning of the show and it starts off in their 30s and into their 40s and whatever. And, like, it's okay to be single and sexual at this age and you don't like you're not racing against anything unless you want to have kids and then even at that you're thinking you're looking at 30s you're looking at maybe 35 that's when your fertility is really gonna take a dip yeah you know so even at 26 you probably still have another decade to even to, <laughs> to even have kids yeah right? so it's like what the fuck men are just mm-hmm. and this is uh this is another tangent that we shouldn't go on but men are just obsessed with youth, youth. and like having sex with women who look like girls and mm-hmm. so <laughs> if once a woman starts to look like a woman and like a mature human being they're like ew that's the end for her exactly right yeah and like being in your 20s there's so many there's so many things, not just when it comes to dating and you know, being a woman, but mm-hmm. the being in your twenties from twenty one from twenty to twenty nine is just it's still so young. Yet it's supposed mm-hmm. it's made to be this decade of when you're supposed to like 
actualize or sort of realize or just cement so many things in your life when it shouldn't be that way. There's so many people and women more specifically who have said that being in their thirties, like they felt like they felt like being in their they felt like when they were in their thirties, that was the actual prime of their life yeah. rather than being in their twenties. Like being in your twenties is the first time you're like a you're an adult. You're mm-hmm. the youngest you'll ever be as an adult. So for some reason, that's supposed to be the epitome of youth and just the best time ever. You know, when you're supposed to feel the most beautiful, look the most beautiful. But like when you think about it, it's just that's wrong. And it's just like logistically and I guess mm-hmm. mathematically. Because, okay, if... if because middle ages is like 50, but like this for the sake of the math I'm about <laughs> to do here, let's say, <laughs> okay, let's say well, not everyone lives to a hundred. Yeah. So yeah. let's say, let's say the, um, really? let's say the end of life is 80. So yeah. middle, your middle age would be like 40. But even though like for me, for the first 10 years of your life, you're not really like, you're barely a human person, yeah. you're a child. So 20 to 80, sorry, 10 to 80. And even at that, like, you really start living as an adult when you're 20, right? So it's 20 to 80, that's 60 years. Yeah. So being the first 10 years of quote-unquote life is 20 to 30. And it's ridiculous that that is supposed to be your prime because it doesn't make sense. It would be not even your 30s. It would be really your 40s. But then, you know, you the world is obsessed with you. So let's say 30s. <laughs> so the fact that being your and not just 20s actually your early 20s because mm-hmm. even mid-20s sometimes it's like eh your old news they don't mm-hmm. want that they really want prime college age girls who exactly. are still girls children we want like, children really barely <laughs> if women. you let them they will date 15 years <laughs> they want oh, babies <laughs> but like that's really the mindset because if you let these men so many of them would just actually date 17 year olds because they want to but most of them are being stopped by the fact that it's illegal Mm but they want to it's uh, and that's why as soon as you're 18 or 16 or whatever the age of consent is where you live like these Mm -hmm. men are just all over you and and then when you're like 20 because a lot of people are still they they don't look that much different from like 18 to 20 2022 sort of thing right so it's like oh you can still kind of pass for for like a very young woman and then once you're obviously like 26 and 30 you're like your body changes your face changes you're definitely like looking more like a woman and that's when they're Mm -hmm. like oh no i don't want her she's she's like past her prime and it's just like she's some ribs or some shit some prime ribs it's like you guys (laughs) Also, um, can I say, like, the thing of when you turn 25, your front prefrontal cortex, oh, yeah. that thing fully develops, and, you know, you start, you're more mature, you start thinking better. So, like, I think that also is part of it, because when you are, mm-hmm. I remember being 18, 19, 20, 21, even 17 and 16, and at those ages, I mean, obviously, I didn't think... I knew everything. But, like, sometimes, like, I felt like I had matured. I felt like I was grown. I felt like I knew what I was doing. So, that like, mm-hmm. that's a perfect age for an older person. Because, imagine, that's why they get away with telling these young girls, like, oh, you're so mature for your age. Yeah. Because like, they already think that shit. They will buy into that shit. And because of that, they will think, oh, yeah, I, you know, it's fine because I'm mature for my age. But then when you get older and when you... 
when you mature more and when you had more developed, you realize like you actually didn't really know anything back then and you were actually kind of dumb and just you were really childish. But then you no no 17 or 18 or 19 year old would want to think, oh, I'm a child because like you're yeah. literally about to leave adolescence. Like you're for some reason in a, in a rush to leave your youth and your childhood behind, even though mm-hmm. later on you would realize that you're actually still a child at that point. Yeah. I just think it's wild that people are saying you should be married by 25 or 26. Like 24, I'm 24 right now and 24 is kicking my ass. Like I don't even Uh, know what is happening with my life. (laughs) And you want me to to get married and start breeding, start bringing children into this world. (laughs) So that's why Sex and the City was probably very meaningful to a lot of women back then even now who are in their 30s and 40s and you know even me in my 20s i'm watching this shit like this is amazing it's actually making me (laughs) excited to be in my 30s because like all these women are so admirable and they have their shit together and they're cool and they're funny and Mm -hmm. and they have you know money and they don't need anyone they're independent and i just you know it's getting me hype for for when I finally get my shit together in life as a as an adult woman. <laughs> Charlotte was determined to get married, and then when she finally got married to her first husband, Trey McDougal the third or something, I'm pretty sure there was a number in his name um, somewhere. Um, it was a disaster, and through this marriage, they the show explored a lot of you know themes about marriage you know they talked about having prenups which i don't know why people are always offended by prenups i think it makes absolute sense but it does yeah like just sign like read it if you want to make changes make changes but like it's not an insult (laughs) you're getting married with the intention to never break up right so it shouldn't be an issue because well, the the idea is that you're never going to use it, right? So just sign it, yeah. <laughs> right? But I don't know. People think it's like, oh, you don't trust me. You think I'm a gold digger? And I mean, there is some of that too, because you know, people mm. love, especially yeah. rich men, love to act like, oh, these women just love me for my money when they use their money the to attract the women. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, it's like one plus one is two, and two plus two is four. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> yeah bitch like obviously they want you for your money if that's what you're putting out there like come be yeah. with me because i can fly you out and buy you things in whatever. those cases i'm like why are they acting like it's not a mutual exchange right because what they're using to join these beautiful women is their money and what the beautiful women are using to join these rich men is their looks their like their attractiveness so they can have a trophy wife so like Okay, yeah, she's not bringing money, but you're not bringing your looks either. You're bringing your money. So mm-hmm. this is a very, very... It's like an equal exchange, in my opinion. So, uh, yeah, I don't know, man. They just love to Maybe complain. if she said you had to look like buff and hot and abs <laughs> and all, like, you... Okay. Yeah. But, um, and obviously, Charlotte didn't want money because she was quite wealthy. But, you know, that was just something that they explored on the show. That was a storyline. Um, and... The biggest issue and what led to the final deterioration of their marriage was the fertility issue that Charlotte had. And that was really sad. And I think that's what made me really appreciate her character was her mm-hmm. like optimism and resilience. I feel like she's so resilient because she goes through so much shit on that show, Loki, and like yeah. she still remains Charlotte. Like She still maintains her optimism and her positive outlook, even though things can get really, really rough for her. Mm-hmm. 
And I just really admired that. And, you know, that's the quality, one Charlotte quality I'd really, you know, like to have. <laughs> that's why I want, I thought I was Charlotte. Oh, yeah. like, maybe, maybe <laughs> I am. optimistic. <laughs> I'm actually not even that optimistic, if I'm being honest. So. Yeah, that's what I was, when you said, I was like, I think you're too cynical. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I, oh. You're okay. I hope for the best, but like, eh, whatever. Yeah. Yeah, so I really liked that. Oh, because even before the fertility, that was the final straw, but they had to deal with um, sex issues because Trey couldn't get it up because he <laughs> he was suffering from the Freudian Madonna whore complex. Mm. Um, and that was an interesting storyline because apparently there are people who actually like think like this. And this, again, this is how oh, you yeah. met. This is how you know men mm-hmm. are mad. <laughs> they do. It's, like, it's so all those complexes, the um uh Oedipus complex, yeah. the Madonna Horror thing, even that whole Freudian thing. I mean that's I guess the Oedipus thing. Just <laughs> a mess of a gen a gender. I almost said genre and gender. Gen- Just oh, yeah, a mess of gender. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, the for anyone who doesn't know, the Madonna Horror complex is where Men knew women as either Madonnas, as in Marys, Virgin Marys, or whores. <laughs> so yeah. more Mary Magdalene, um, if you're mm-hmm. using biblical terms. And so because you can only be in one of two categories as a woman, when a man gets married, his wife is viewed as a Madonna, as you know, oh, she's my wife and she's, she's respectful pure. and she's pure. Um and so because of that, he now can't have sex with her because, and this is the interesting part, in their minds, sex is only for whores and sex <laughs> is only for dirty people and dirty women. Mm-hmm. So really, uh, what, <laughs> why why do we even keep men around? Like, if you think, like, what, to reproduce. like what kind of, what kind of backwards logic is this? But... <laughs> It's it's in so much of society and it's actually kind of going back to Charlotte, it's kind of like karma in a way, because Charlotte also talks about sex in those terms. Like she she talks about not sleeping with a guy on the first date because you know, then you'll be a whore. And then she talks about oh, there's a guy in one episode before Trey that wants to do butt stuff with her. Um <laughs> <laughs> he wants, you know, the peen to go in the a-hole and she's not into it and so she talks about how um i think she says the line that oh guys never married the butt girl <laughs> like that's hmm. what she calls it and so it, she actually kind of views sex that way too just not to you know an extreme that she cannot like have sex with someone just she doesn't have the same complex but she's definitely yeah. like she feeds into that sort of mentality so it's actually kind of karma that she would end up with a guy who <laughs> can't sleep with her because he suffers from that Madonna whore thing. Um, and that was probably the writers like trying to teach Charlotte a lesson yeah, about, yeah. <laughs> about sex. Yeah, they taught her so many lessons. <laughs> <laughs> like they really put her through it. And that's that's why she grows so much, I guess. But mm-hmm. yeah. Um. So yeah, Trey, the marriage was a was a disaster and she wanted kids desperately and he didn't really care <laughs> like later on. Um and so and I don't know why people don't have conversations about kids. Like I've watched so many shows now where the kid thing is what breaks up the relationship. 
And yeah. I don't know why you wouldn't have extensive conversations about having kids or not having kids before you get married, but uh, people, man. And it's so not just with kids, but there are certain conversations that it surprises me when people get divorced because of stuff like, oh, we couldn't agree on kids or, you know, it was just difficult because we didn't want to maintain a long distance relationship because one of us wanted to live in a suburb and the other wanted to live in, you know, a city. And it's like, there are certain things that, I mean, I guess people maybe put, they put up having those kinds of conversations at first because you don't want to chase someone away because, you know, you don't want to seem like you're, you know, obviously on your first date, you want to, you want to talk about how many kids you would have because yeah. it might seem like getting too serious. But it's like, because then you start put, um, pushing it, putting that conversation off. And then before you know it, you're married. And then when it's, you know, when you would want to have kids, you realize, oh, we never actually talked about kids. And then mm-hmm. all of a sudden your partner never actually wanted to have kids. And mm-hmm. it's, there needs to be, <laughs> dating nowadays really needs an actual rule book that everyone should be made to read whether it should be like a class in high school or secondary school or something because everyone abides by different dating rules Mm. and that becomes a mess because even stuff like when dating discourse goes on on twitter and people like oh what's what's a talking stage to you and then you have people saying oh one week and then you have people saying one year or a month that's extreme if i'm being honest but like three months or something yeah so so everyone abides by different rules and then most people don't want to talk about their rules or their boundaries at first on the first because that seems like too much too soon Mm. but yeah there needs to be some guidelines so Mm. people know what they're doing and make things easier and much faster okay but who would make the guidelines is the thing because you do have guidelines you have um and that's something charlotte um's character goes through because she goes she reads so many books about marriage and dating she's always the one whipping out the book like oh this book says you should wait so 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 amount of time before sleeping with or this 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 and Mm -hmm. there's even one uh, episode where she goes to a seminar with carrie um where they like they're preaching that oh you just need to believe in love and you need to say positive affirmations in the mirror for your mm-hmm. love to come and all, all these ridiculous things. So I find that when people make rules, they're often stupid rules, and I don't know yeah. why. <laughs> I don't know why. Is it that it's the stupid people who get the most attention, or like nobody sane has tried to make rules because it's very difficult to actually come up with a rule book. I feel like it should be a divine book because just like how people are <laughs> explaining that mean, it came from Mount Sinai, it fell like manna from heaven. <laughs> because I mean, just like how everyone abides by different rules. Obviously, if people were writing this, they will write different things. So like there are certain people who truly feel like a like three months is a good talking stage month. Yeah. But then if someone who's who, who someone goes and writes a talking stage should be nothing more than two weeks. Mm-hmm. They wouldn't agree with us, and like they would still feel like, oh, that's that's just chatting shits, and mm. so yeah, I mean, obviously, that wouldn't be an answer because people write different things, and then yeah. obviously God isn't going to send one down, and then even if God does, nobody believes in God, so it's like there's no answer to this question, really. <laughs> yeah, I think yeah, it should be personal, but you know, an element of common sense, obviously, like yeah. <laughs> like 
think about things and think about what you want and, you know, open communication, you know, they always say communication is key. But yeah, Sex in the City aired 20 something years ago and Charlotte was reading all these books and now here we are going through the same thing with Steve Harvey and them bringing out <laughs> or oh, act like a woman, think like a man. Yeah. Obviously garbage. Kevin Samuel also talking out of his ass. Um, mm-hmm. Do you know that man has like zero qualifications? I don't know why people... Of course, <laughs> they always have no qualifications. <laughs> always so unqualified. Like he's not a psychiatrist or anything. He's not a relationship counselor. Like he just, he's just a man with opinions. <laughs> it should even be... It should even be less like saying, oh, so-and-so is talking shit. And she just be stuff saying that it's okay to say what you want on the first date. Like, that's not too much too soon. That's just me saying, okay, we're on this date, and I just want to oh have a situation for a month. And mm-hmm. maybe if your partner wants, the person you're on, you're on your date with wants that to be, like, a marriage situation, then mm-hmm. you can say, okay, this is where we end it. Yeah. Because that's clearly not going to work out well. One of you is going to end up unsatisfied. Yeah. But another thing is that people aren't always honest about what they want. And like, it's very difficult on dating apps. And, and this yeah. Sex and City is so relevant because mm-hmm. anyone who's young in their 20s and hasn't seen Sex and City, go and watch it because honestly, you'll laugh and you'll actually learn something. You know, they, yes. talk, they cover so many topics on that show. But like, people aren't honest about what they want. And people will tell you, oh, they want on tinder or whatever they're like oh i want a relationship when they're really just trying to hook up i mean exactly i mean now i guess everyone knows that tinder is kind of the hookup app but you know even on bumble or Hinge, other dating apps yeah or cupid or christian mingle wherever the fuck like you find you find <laughs> non-christians on christian mingle <laughs> so yeah it's it's so hard to navigate you know relationships because it's all about people and human beings are so scary and erratic and different and it's so that's why people always try to some people have tried to come up with rules and guidelines but again it's very difficult and i just don't understand why the morons are the ones that get the most attention like you have your femininity coaches as well now on youtube i see them all the time talking about oh a woman doesn't raise her voice a woman sits back and manipulates men with her feminine wiles (laughs) And I'm like, can we, can you please, why are you trying to drag us back into the stone? Like, what is this nonsense? Also, but, what did you get certified? Everybody's now uh, a coach on this. Like, show me your qualifications. Honestly, you have, um, what's Ben Shapiro's sister, Classically Abby. She has a YouTube channel where she talks about being classic. <laughs> his wife or family. sister? His sister, I think. I think Isn't his wife named Abby? I don't, oh, maybe I, incest? I don't know. Oh, <laughs> I don't know. That's insane. Maybe she's both his who I mean <laughs> he is a right wing conservative type person. Yeah, you know, yeah. They like to get down. But I think it's his sister. <laughs> Otherwise that's very awkward if your wife and your sister have the same name because then like when you're in the... Is it more awkward than having the same name as your wife? <laughs> what? Did you see that Taylor Lutner proposed to his girlfriend um, oh, who's yeah. named Taylor? No. And like that's not his first girlfriend who is named Taylor because he dated Taylor True. Swift. So now she's going to be Taylor Lutner and he's going to be Taylor Lutner. And when I told my sister, she was like, So are they going to like 
when they call each other's names during sex. Yeah, it's very uh, that could work. That's like call me by your name type shit. No, <laughs> it's multitasking. One name for the two of us. Wow. Okay. <laughs> so that you're referring to yourself as a unit. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think the sister and wife having the same name is probably weirder. <laughs> Charlotte's second marriage. We've been talking about Charlotte for a while. Um, right. It wouldn't take that long. It's not. This ha- well, this is what we did with Nate Archibald and the Gossip Girl episode. We just started talking. <laughs> so yeah, in her second marriage, she got married to Harry Goldenblatt. Um, and she changed her religion. Um, she became a Jew, <laughs> uh, <laughs> which uh, I think was was okay. I don't. I wasn't upset by that because in her first marriage, she quit her job, and that was a bone of contention between her and Miranda, because uh, Miranda's like the feminist queen who's always like, women, do it for yourselves, be independent." Yeah. Um, what I didn't like about her. <laughs> Her marriage to what's his face, Golden Blatt, is that um, it felt like, like, <laughs> like they were clearly trying to teach her a lesson, like oh, love doesn't always look the way you want it to look, sort of thing, right? And so mm-hmm. they, it felt like the casting directors went out of their way to find someone who is so conventionally unattractive, almost like a way to teach her a lesson. But I don't like that because why can't you want to marry an attractive person? <laughs> like, yeah. like, what exactly is the moral here? And it's, I think it's one of those, um, just keep talking. My thoughts is not fully fleshed out, so I don't okay. want to rumble. Okay, no worries. Um, I will go on because I was thinking about this the other night and it kind of pissed me <laughs> off. Yeah. Because it's like, okay, he's no offense to the actor. I'm sure he's a lovely man, all that stuff. But like on the show, right, his character is bald, short, hairy, overweight. Like they really went ham when it came to like his physical appearance. They were like, there is no question that this man is like unattractive. His eyes have this like beady quality to them <laughs> that I'm not a fan of. <laughs> and it's if it was so like okay charlotte is learning a lesson cool i get that but it felt so hypocritical because like charlotte is a very attractive woman so i don't know why she cannot want her partner to be attractive it's not like she's asking for something that she doesn't also bring to the table you know they love to use that phrase on twitter and stuff where you bring into the table but like she's bringing her whatever good looks and she wants someone who's good looking and also attraction is a very big part of you know like sexuality and sex drive like how are you going to have sex with someone that you're not you don't find physically attractive and i feel like in media they have this habit it's almost like a trope on its own at this point of pairing a very conventionally attractive woman with a husband who is very unattractive Mm -hmm. (laughs) like you see it everywhere you see it from cartoons like the flintstones to family guy to um what's it called what was that show king of queens um to especially particularly in comedy because i think they think fat people are always just naturally funny or something but like they'll always have the husband the husband can be unattractive but like the The wife can't be exactly and it's like why and i feel like that's what they did maybe unintentionally on sex in the city by pairing charlotte with harry goldenblatt Mm -hmm. yeah that point of because 
every time they want to make a storyline about looking beyond looking below the surface level stuff mm-hmm. like whether they are unattractive physically unattractive or physically stereotypically unattractive and fat or something i don't remember an example okay well i don't want just came to mind where mm-hmm. but it was a comedy show um it's usually the woman who is supposed to learn the lesson of mm-hmm. old beyond physical appearances and then they bring the guy that is not um, conventionally attractive but it's rarely the other way yeah they never they never use that to teach the men a lesson because it's always like just like charlotte was to teach her to look beyond physical appearances but they never use that to teach the men to look beyond physical appearances because men are allowed to look beyond physical they're they're allowed to look at just that exactly it's like because people, like, the most popular criticism that Charlotte gets as a character is that she's very superficial and in, like, what she wants in a partner. And she is. But then some of the things she asks for, I'm like, is that superficial? Like, why can you not want to have an attractive husband? Like, is that, <laughs> why is that an unreasonable thing to ask for? And like you said, it's always the women that they try to be like, oh, women need to see beyond looks and need to see beyond money and need to fall in love with who a man is on the inside. But then men can be solely about a woman's physicality because on um, Sex and the City, in that first episode, the first couple episodes when they were hooking up and when Charlotte got with uh, Harry Goldenblatt, the first thing he said was oh my gosh charlotte you're so beautiful throughout the divorce proceedings i was you were so beautiful i was like oh my god look at your perfect lips and your perfect this and i never thought a woman as as hot as you would go for a guy that looks like me and and so like he pursued charlotte almost primarily because she was hot but Mm -hmm. then and that was okay like nobody like no there was no hint of oh there's an issue with this but when charlotte wants to be with someone who's attractive in a in like a conventional way and in a way she deems fit then it's like oh my god you're so superficial it's like make yeah. it make sense guys <laughs> as a society as we're, as we move towards being more progressive or you know mm-hmm. people are the standards of beauty and all that people people don't want to abide by those structures where you know if you don't look like this then you're not seen beautiful you know you're not seen as beautiful yeah you know, if you know um, white, blonde, blue-eyed, um, or skinny, or yeah. a mix of two, or whatever. There are certain standards of beauty, and we all know what they are. So if you're not seen as those, like we're trying to move to a place where those aren't like everyone is beautiful in their own way. We're trying to move towards those, right? But we still hold up these same standards that we're trying to move away from. And even so, even when this is stuff like uh, don't let shallow physical things um stop you from find from seeing within like first of all mm. if you're in like a room or something what is going to attract you to someone isn't their personality because you don't know shit about their personality what mm-hmm. you know is what you see at first and if they look beautiful to you that's what's going to get want to make you get to know them and then get to know their personality like the personality might keep you and make that relationship but the physical look is what gets you at first and even so like with that like we're still yeah um like there's a deeper conversation there 
to be had mm. about okay yes you're allowed to go after only what you find attractive but then what you find attractive should be more than just you know skinny yeah blonde, this and that's so, like there's a deeper conversation there and like it's not for me to go into now i just i everything you said yeah about beauty standards is true people fit you know i feel like calling someone beautiful or whatever is fine but it's you know it's what society deems as beautiful that is really the issue most of the time and the Mm -hmm. fact that it's you know skinny white people you know or people with lighter skin even on the show like all four of our protagonists are slim like white women exactly for a majority of the show um the only time miranda gains weight is when she has a baby which you know of course you would (laughs) like that's part of the whole thing but yeah um and there was very little diversity with that um if the Mm -hmm. show was remade today they would definitely diversify the main cast and probably put some people of color in there and maybe some plus size women or yeah i think we just need to diversify what we deem as beautiful um Mm -hmm. you know as a society moving forward but what i really hate and what became apparent in the charlotte harry relationship was that her lesson was supposed to be oh don't care about what a man looks like meanwhile half of his obsession with her was based on what she looks like (laughs) and it's like okay bitch Miranda is who I want to be she's Mm. very she's she was the one I found like most inspirational in terms Mm -hmm. of how ambitious and how goal-driven she was like Mm. i want to be as put together as miranda was i was watching a video that talked about how at the time the show aired initially miranda was one of the most hated maybe not hated but disliked (laughs) character i can see that (laughs) yeah that nobody wanted to be a miranda like if they called you a miranda it was like an insult um but as time has passed you know and you know feminism is now back in style um (laughs) more and more women today want to be mirandas and identify as mirandas and there's even a book you know called we should all be mirandas um, which is a play on chimamandas we should all be feminists yeah um Mm, interesting yeah because at the time Sex and City aired, it was in the 90s. And that was like a post-feminist era where they were like, oh, women can work now and earn money. So we there's no need for feminism anymore. And if anything, uh, <laughs> the last couple of years have shown us there is very much a deep, strong need for... It never went away. <laughs> Literally never. Me too, you know, time's up, all that all that jazz. The, um, was it 2016 American elections where they chose a fucking rapist over a woman to be president? <laughs> not, not even just a woman where they chose an unqualified rapist, uh. all of that, <laughs> over a woman who was uniquely almost overly qualified for that mm-hmm. position is like there has never been anyone who was more qualified than her so that Should she wasn't be. just another candidate it's, she was too qualified some may say yeah but because oh and maybe this is the issue i feel like hillary clinton if she had to take the bud buzzfeed test would probably be a miranda <laughs> oh, like, oh, that was your issue Honestly, you, even the pantsuits and everything. Miranda also dressed in pantsuits a lot of mm-hmm. the time. So yeah, I like feel shorts like shorts and hair. Yeah, and the shorts. Oh, 
Hillary Clinton's a Miranda, and that's why she lost. So maybe we haven't really advanced past hating the Mirandas in society. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like there's some residual resentment. Yeah. But yeah, Miranda, who's Miranda is our feminist icon, okay? Mm -hmm. She of the show. Hashtag girl boss. Hashtag, well, um, that term is not even. Very good. <laughs> it's a bit controversial. Yeah. But um but yeah, kind of in like the nicest way, I guess. She's a girl boss. She's very hardworking, dedicated, smart. You know, she is the brains of the show if you're looking for a metaphor. Yeah. Um, she's like the brains, she's the ego, she's, you know, the rational one of the group, um, who dresses in pantsuits and short hair. Um, her style is a little bit questionable. <laughs> And I think that's part of why she wasn't a fave because like she's the least glamorous of all the yeah. women. And ooh, I was gonna say about Charlotte, I really love Charlotte's dress sense. I think she was one of, she was probably the most stylish one on that show, in my opinion. I I think I liked her style mm-hmm. the best, sort of classically feminine, uh, with dresses and pink and all that stuff. But it really suited her the headband and the pearls. I know, love very, a good headband moment. Ah. Uh, Miranda's was very hit or miss for me. <laughs> sometimes I was like, okay. Sometimes I'm like, Ugh. yeah. Um, not necessarily masculine, but she was definitely mm, the one that was more on the masculine side when it definitely. comes to her demeanor, her style, her character. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was more. Yeah, definitely more androgynous. Um, I like the fact that she was a redhead. I thought that was cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was probably their diversity back then. <laughs> was like, <laughs> let's put a redhead in. Isn't that crazy? Um, yeah. <laughs> really shake things up. But um, and she was kind of like the fiery one, if you want to use the stereotypical sort of thing, because she was very. She wasn't afraid of confrontation. She was argumentative. She was a lawyer, so yeah. she was very like ugh, you know. And I guess as someone who studied law i think i could you know i relate to her in some ways (laughs) i too like to argue with people you know i'm always right as well you know (laughs) but um but not seriously i i did relate to her character with the whole feminism thing and it's funny because there was one part i think uh, there was an episode in season one or two where her co-workers thought she was a lesbian Mm. um Partly because she was just single and I guess her like general demeanor and stuff. Um, and I there is something to that of feminists being mistaken or assumed to be lesbians. And I don't yeah. know. Obviously, some of them are. But like <laughs> that's right. Like because back in the day, I don't know. I remember what day exactly but you know first wave feminism and stuff there used to be ads in newspapers of like oh don't let your wife be a feminist don't let feminism into your home because your wife is going to turn into a lesbian and run away <laughs> with her female lover and that was a big fear and i don't know why is it that men thinking that women want equality means that we want to be men <laughs> and like be with women it's so dumb yeah and it's it's kind of like what I said in the in last episode with the mm. Queen's Gambit thing, when people when people think of liberation and liberating oppressed groups, sometimes they think that what that looks like is making the oppressed group the oppressor. So mm. they would make they uh, they would make the woman who's trying who's supposed to be. Uh, independent and not particularly feminine they'll make her more like a man yeah. and kind of like um, Miranda or mm-hmm. 
that's why guys wouldn't want to like a Miranda because they think, mm-hmm. oh, she wants control because we have control since we're the guys. So yeah. she wants to have. So I don't want that because I want someone that's going to be more submissive and someone who wouldn't challenge me the way women are supposed to in yeah. my mind. And I think that's why I, I see myself as a Miranda because like um, with, you know, the strong opinions, like I, I can be very opinionated and stuff and like mm-hmm. I don't back down in arguments and also just a lot of our beliefs kind of line up and I'm not very feminine person, you know, I like Charlotte's style, like in theory, but I yeah. don't know if I would actually pull that off because that takes a lot of work you know put all those outfits together i don't really wear makeup throughout like uni i didn't i would just go to lectures with my face the way (laughs) god made it and like think about it um and that's not to hate on girls with who wore makeup like i used to admire them i would go to 9 a.m lectures right in my hoodie and you know sweatpants just trying to stay alive and i would see these (laughs) girls like with their hair perfectly done and full face of makeup, fully beat. And I'm just like, girl, how did you even? <laughs> it's 9 a.m. <laughs> like, <how? laughs> like, that's crazy. Like, what time did you wake up to even? Because it must have taken you 30 minutes to an hour to, like, do all of that. Like, if you're mm-hmm. quick, maybe 30. So, like, how do And I just rolled out of bed 30 minutes ago. So, you know, I admire I admired those girls, but I think I'm definitely more of a Miranda, and, and that's why I thought the quiz would tell me I was one. And <laughs> even, you know, I've also been, <laughs> I was going to say accused of being a lesbian, not mm. because I think being a lesbian is bad, but because <laughs> I was accused, heard. like it was oh, said in yeah. an accusatory manner. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> when, when it was directed at me. <laughs> right. On... This isn't necessarily about what you said, but okay. when like, I've seen people like, okay, so if someone is like accusing someone else of being gay, like obviously there's nothing wrong with being gay, mm-hmm. but then if the person that like, has been accused is like, oh, I'm not, and then people like to, some people just be so disingenuous about the whole thing, like, oh, why are you being so defensive? Like, do you think anything is wrong with being gay? It's like, I'm clearly not offended that you think I'm gay, but one, most times the people who are like accusing someone of being gay, they're doing it in, they're not saying, they're trying to be insulting about it. Yeah, it's, yeah. That's what's offensive. And also, I'm just not, so I'm (laughs) saying I'm not, like, you're not being, me me being defensive, so like, don't be obtuse and don't, don't be Mm, in your progression of saying, oh, like, what's wrong with being gay? Like, are you homophobic? Like, I'm just not. And also, you were trying to insult me when you said that. Exactly. Even with all this stuff, like, oh, you're so fat. Like, oh, what's wrong with being fat? It's like, no, I'm just not. Like, you can see that also. Stop being stupid. Yeah, people are so annoying. And it's, um yeah, like you said, they say it's in a derogatory way. It's not like, mm-hmm. oh, do you enjoy dating women (laughs) that's not the question it's like are you a lesbian and like it's like all the connotations that come with that and stuff or like with men are you gay it's like when a man is being effeminate maybe you're doing or Mm -hmm. he likes having pedicures and they're like are you you know it's like it's phrased as an accusation so yeah watching the show i do identify with miranda in lots of ways but i also dislike certain aspects of her personality (laughs) yeah like she can be very judgmental Mm -hmm. um 
And I remember in, in season two, I think it was episode one, where Miranda talks about um, all the girls are talking about their boy troubles and relationship troubles. And Miranda goes on this rant, you know, how can four smart women have nothing to talk about but their boyfriends? And, and she's all on her high horse about it. And later that episode, she's walking in the park and then she sees her ex and runs and hides behind the carts or something because she can't deal with it. And it's like, well, look at you. Just look <laughs> at your life. <laughs> Since you're such a mature, you know, feminist person, go and talk to your ex then, you know. And it made her realize in that episode that, you know, it's okay for women to want to talk about men. Like, obviously, your life should not revolve around them, but like, Mm -hmm. it's normal and it's fine. And you should be able to talk to your girlfriends about how shitty your boyfriend is being. Like, yeah. So, yeah, I don't like that judgmental side of her and I don't Mm -hmm. identify with that. Yeah, I mean, she, obviously she's not perfect. She has yeah. many admirable qualities, but then she also has her commas. It's like, again, referencing the last, the last episode we did, where mm-hmm. we talked about how, you know, she's rejecting all kinds of femininity. So it's like, you can still be that um, feminist, boss-ass mm-hmm. bitch, whatever, and still embrace some kind of um some mm-hmm. some I guess stereotypes of what it means to be feminine. Yeah, because like nobody is at all. Yeah, because yeah. like nobody is one dimensional and you shouldn't you should never be too much of anything. Mm-hmm. Like I know people like to talk about feminine and masculine energy nowadays. So like Miranda definitely embodies a lot of masculine energy, but like it's good to have some feminine energy in there. You can't yeah too feminine or too mass like you should always try and have a balance you know or 60 40 or you know as much as possible um and i just think she does she overdoes it sometimes it's like chill Mm -hmm. like i remember when she started getting together with steve and like she's so hyper independent and all like i'm on my own i'm on my own steve was just being a nice guy (laughs) and was just like oh I like you because they had sex the first time and she was immediately like, oh, you can leave, blah, blah, blah. And he was like, oh, when am I going to see you again? And she was like, oh, let's not pretend that this is going to be, you don't have to, you know, pretend that you're going to come. Just And I'm like, bitch, can you just not? Like, like he just likes you. Just like, <laughs> why are you trying to be mean or? And, but, but that kind of thing stems from an insecurity. Like deep down, she probably feels that guys aren't into me. Like I'm not the girl that guys like. So let me yeah. guard myself and, you know, be on the offense sort of thing. So I don't get hurt. And it's really sad. And, you know, and I hate when, I hate when that kind of thing happens because obviously on the show it works out, but that could very well ruin a relationship for you. Like if you're constantly pushing people away. It's like eventually they're just gonna give up. Not everyone's gonna go the extra mile. Yeah, yeah. Everyone has tolerance like that. I do like Steve though. I think he's my favorite boyfriend on the show. He's not my favorite. I like. He was nice. He was cool. Yeah, he's a bartender. He's he's quite useless though. That was my only. (laughs) (laughs) Like his heart is in the right place, but then he's Mm -hmm. not like. Oh my god. Miranda was almost like mothering him at one point, and I was just like, mm. "Well, this isn't great." <laughs> but that happens a lot as well in relationships where, like, the wife becomes the mother of the husband. Yeah, <laughs> and I do not want that. Oh my gosh, boobs! I really don't want that. But it happens all the time. Like I see it everywhere. <laughs> I'm like, why is that a 
relationship dynamic that is kind of common when the woman is like in Miranda because like there's never mm-hmm. a relationship dynamic where like this in this one where she was kind of the mother like there's never a relationship dynamic where the guy is like the father mm. their sugar daddy relationships <laughs> like, yeah but like what is that when, when he's like the father or the daddy is mm-hmm. sexual in this yeah, one she was yeah. nurturing him and mothering him when is when is there's there isn't like a proper reverse of that because when the fa- when the guy is like the father or daddy in that relationship it's really purely <laughs> sexual like he doesn't yeah. he Stop doesn't really like nurture <laughs> he doesn't really like nurture or care for her in the way yeah woman would in Miranda's case where she's um, care of a quote unquote bomb guy. I mean, I guess oh, Freud is featuring so much in this episode. It's back to the Oedipus complex, man. <laughs> like, I don't know. like men want to marry their mother. They want to marry children who remember. Their mother. <laughs> I feel like we're being unfair to men slightly, but they deserve it. Um, <laughs> because yeah, that always happens. Like people, there's so many relation. Like I see on Twitter every fourth night, there'll be a tweet about how a woman cannot leave her children with her husband because he doesn't know what the fuck to do <laughs> where you know kids are talking people are talking about oh yeah their dad doesn't even know when their birthday is like mm-hmm. my dad has never taken me to the hospital my dad has never like he's just like a dude that's there and like pays bills and sometimes that's not even a guarantee but like, he just pays the bills and and you know he re- reads the newspaper and i think a lot of men are just comfortable with letting the woman take charge you know, and just do everything, <laughs> essentially, especially when she's already kind of a, a take charge type person like Miranda. Yeah. So like, I'm just going to sit back and let her fuss over everything and, and do all the chores and, and do all the emotional labor and raise the kids. And, and I'm just going to chill. And then I'll babysit once in a while. On, that was actually something that happened when uh, the girls were going to Las Vegas, I think, or was it mm-hmm. Atlantic City? Um, and Miranda had to leave uh, Brady, their baby, with Steve. She gave him the baby and then she and Carrie were about to leave and he knocks on the door and he's like, I can't do this. <laughs> and, and she was like, what do you mean? <laughs> and he's like, oh, I can't. I'm afraid I'm going to kill him. And she was like, we, we all, we're all afraid we're going to kill him. But like, the point is like to not... And he he was like, I can't, I can't, I can't. That was the part that really annoyed me because Steve as a character is quite childish in general, but it's like a lot of men, even those who think that, that do still do that sort of thing where it's like, you can't even do basic domestic shit because mm-hmm. you're afraid that you can't, what, like, or they just don't want to, I think, a lot of the time. And they're not used to do, they're not, a lot of them aren't raised doing this sort of stuff. So it's like super daunting for them, even though he, they're like 35, they're like, oh, I, I can't, I can't hold a baby. Do you know, there was um, this video that went viral recently of a woman making um, a map of the, of like Walmart or the grocery store. Do you remember that? So mm-hmm. I saw people Pathetic. making pieces Pathetic. of, <laughs> Pathetic. really. The people were making think pieces about that, and there was one I saw about how men. I mean, obviously, I'm not a man, so I, I can't say for sure. But <laughs> the think piece was about how men tend to do that, where they, like, yeah, there are certain things where they are actually just incompetent and just don't know how to do. But there are some things where they fake incompetence, so you have lowered expectations. 
um, of them. So sometimes they really don't know how to do stuff, but other times they may know how to do stuff or they could learn, but they just make it seem like, oh, it's weird. Like they just don't get it. So you don't even expect them to do it. So you mm-hmm. do it every time because they will mess it up if you give it to them. And it's, yeah. yeah. Someone used the phrase uh, weaponized incompetence. I don't know who, yeah. who mm-hmm. to attribute that to, but it was online. And that's definitely it. And I just like I don't I don't think Steve necessarily was like weaponizing his shit, but I think he mm-hmm. was just he just didn't know what to but he wasn't even willing to learn. Like like he wasn't even I just I hate useless people. You know, I I really think I identify with Miranda more and more. <laughs> like, how can you be a fully grown person and just not know not know how to take care of your own son? Like <laughs> what? and he wasn't even coming up with solutions, like he was just like, I can't do this. He wasn't like, oh, maybe I'll get help from somewhere or I'll do this or what. He was just like, I can't do it. So you do it. And like, oh my God, I, I detest that sort of thing. Um, ooh, one storyline um, was also their money problems or not problems, but difference, mm-hmm. class difference. Um, and the fact that Steve was a bartender and Miranda was a high power lawyer person working yeah. for Harvey Specter you know and them uh and she was named partner in her law firm and that was actually something a point that charlotte brought up i remember they were uh, having their pedicures and stuff and charlotte was like we can't pretend that we live in a classless society mm-hmm. um and because miranda was kind of trying to ignore it the or like act like it wasn't an issue yeah um when it, it was but it was because steve made it an issue and i, I don't think it actually had to be an issue and that think, again shows the double standards. Yeah. I think the way they portrayed some of the guys, um, mm. they k- kind of made them, like in this case where he he made an issue where it really wasn't or it didn't have to be. There were other occasions where they did that, where they made the guys into stereotypes of what bad men are like mm. so that they can... I don't know, just like to insert problems there because they yeah. also do it with Carrie and what's it like, Burger or whatever, where mm. at first, you know, they come compatible, they seem nice and cool. And then all of a sudden, he became insecure and didn't like the fact that we were like intimidated by her success because they were both writers. Mm-hmm. So, like, in this case, too, it, same thing, like, you don't, you don't need to make them caricatured or heavy stereotypes of like, what is wrong. Of, of all that's wrong with being a man in today's world, of, mm. or, of, of, or stereotypes of what is wrong with the patriarchy, like you didn't, they didn't need to do that. Yeah, but I guess it allows them to explore all these different problems that people have, because that is a very real thing of men being intimidated by their wives. Yeah, um, because one reason or another, like oh, she earns more than me, or I've even <laughs> the most recent one that I've discovered is like she's funnier than me, or like. Um, she's like more sociable than me and apparently some men are like genuinely threatened <laughs> i've seen that i've seen that yeah. and i'm like why would that upset you i don't oh better than me in anything except of course when it comes to taking care of children <laughs> yeah that one she can have because that, that's just stress <laughs> but yeah but yeah I, I was so 
kind of dumbfounded because wouldn't you want someone who's friendly and funny and sociable and exactly <laughs> so confusing why does that emasculate you they're always talking about oh this emasculates me <laughs> and i'm like if <laughs> if it's so easy to emasculate then the problem is not with her like it's with you go sort yourself out and you yeah. know your identity and your manhood and stuff but yeah um because he steve had such such a big problem with it when she tried to buy him the suit mm-hmm. and um she was essentially trying to pretty woman him but he didn't want to be pretty womaned and mm-hmm. i didn't, i didn't think it was such a big deal because she was just like oh i invited you somewhere let me also buy you a suit but he was like nah i don't want you to buy me a suit because then i'll think of you as my mommy but then Ew. But then later on, when she's taking care of the kid and taking care of him and doing his laundry and all the, isn't she also mothering him in that regard? Men are stupid. <laughs> I'm so sorry. <laughs> I keep coming back to the same conclusion. Like they are the problem. <laughs> really? Like, but that's the same thing. Like some men talk about, oh, if we go out on a date, like I hate when a woman offers to pay because it emasculates me and I don't want her to. Why would she insult me by offering to pay the bill, sort of thing? And it's like, who who cares? Like. And also, I know a lot of women also have issue with paying at all. And that's yeah. the flip side of it. They're like, oh, we're not going to pay. I've heard um, so many discussions on this. So, so, so many. So, so many. It's wild. Um, and there's so many different angles. And I, I identify it as like a feminist or whatever. But there's a branch of feminism that's so interesting to me that is like, it's not even like man hating, but it's just the logic is like, they're like, well, because we live in a patriarchal society and the wage gap is not equal, then I shall never I pay. I saw that thread <laughs> a few weeks ago and I was so confused. It's like, okay, but in this, what if in this scenario, yes, the wage gap is whatever, women make less than men, it's a fact. But like, sometimes the average or the general, like, or the, like, grand i don't know sometimes the individuals are separate from the average because like exactly. on average men make more mm-hmm. but in this specific case it cannot it, it might not even apply because you may actually make more he mm-hmm. may also make more that's actually more it's more likely that he would make more but you may make more than him so like mm-hmm. if you now make more than him would you still you, you can't really still say the wage gap because what the fuck are you talking about <laughs> the logic is not logicking because <laughs> like this feminism i could really go into talking about feminism for a long time because i'm actually oh, yeah, so passionate too. about it <laughs> but like <laughs> i personally i view it as like equality right so people being equal so in that regard it doesn't as long as things make sense like overall then it, it should be fine and that doesn't mean that you have to split everything 50 50 mm-hmm. but like you should at least offer or if you're not paying the bills, maybe that's not your role in this relationship, then you should do something else that is like of equal value. Equal value, like yeah. Close to it. But then, mm-hmm. I don't know, man. Some, a lot of women talk about feminism, but then they still want, you know, the man to quote unquote be the man. Yes. And to, and what does that mean? Yeah, what does that you? mean, sis? What does that mean? Then there's so much nuance when it comes to like financial, um, to financial issues when it comes to people's relationships and all of that mm-hmm. and it's just it's always a mess because people pick and choose yeah. what they want and also they don't apply just common sense to certain <laughs> things 
I think a lot of women are afraid of like paying the bills because they feel like they'll end up in a Miranda Steve situation where Miranda is obviously the main breadwinner of their family, <laughs> you know, yeah. and she ends up with Steve and they have a baby and stuff and he opens up a bar. So hopefully I assume he's bringing in money from that, but like she's a partner in a law firm. So come on. Yeah, um, <laughs> it's not even comparable really. So yeah, she's bringing in a lot of the money and she's still doing a lot of the domestic stuff. And yeah. Which is another thing that annoyed me about their relationship. Uh, even though I thought like they had a vibe or whatever, she still ends up doing everything. Like she's, she's the breadwinner and she's also taking care of Brady. And there are all these scenes on the show where Brady's crying and she has to run over to work and she hires the staff, the night nurse and the maid to help her with like chores, but she's still in charge of that. And it's like, where the fuck is Steve, man? What, what is Steve bringing to this? What is Steve bringing to the table? Like other than being cute and, you know, offering her emotional support because he does he's very good at consoling her being by her side and whatever but i don't think that's enough like that's not not, it's not enough yeah so i think some women are afraid that like if they also bring the money then they're gonna end up doing everything but i think like if you from the beginning of your relationship if you make it clear the kind of relationship you want and the kind of person you're into then that can be avoided and that's why open honest communication is so crucial Cause I'm not even like personally, I'm not even hardworking like that. So like, I know it just it just can't be me. <laughs> no, not that like I'm above it, but like I I just won't do it. Really, I'm very happy for us to live in a little bit of mess or whatever, or like to play along and just be like, I I too do not know how to change the the dishwasher <laughs> cartridge. <laughs> We'll just sit there and look at each other because there's no way I'll just run around fixing every little thing and doing your laundry when it has skid marks on it. That was something that Moran <laughs> also stumbled right, upon. Like, the, why do men have skid? Anyways, I don't. <laughs> let's, let's, not don't know how to wipe. let's not just make. I, like, I, you actually have less holes. Why is it just messier? <laughs> I don't know what the number of holes has to do with. <laughs> but but i'm with you yeah i do it doesn't make sense i'm the main breadwinner and i'm bleaching your underwear because it has skin marks on it please (laughs) because so that's the end of part one join us next week as we continue our sexy analysis by exploring the always provocative Samantha Jones and the questionable Carrie Bradshaw. We are at Hostel underscore 43 on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. So follow us there. And if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, please rate and review. Thanks. Bye.